Welcome to Cold Coffee Chats. I'm Jin. And I'm Shan. We're here spilling the milk on real parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Cold Coffee Chats. Very exciting week this week. We have another guest. We have Lauren joining us from Physiopod to talk all things pelvic floor. Slash getting back into exercise. Slash their beautiful studio that they've just opened in Geelong, which is Reformer Pilates. Yes, that's right. Yep. Which we actually went to um, a little while ago and we'll pop up the videos of us doing our very best at attempting the exercise, which will be good for you guys to see that it is okay to start no matter what or how hard you perceive it to be because there's always help out there. Yeah, it was a beautiful studio. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, so I'm the owner and physio at PhysioPodCo in um, Newtown here in Geelong. Um, and we are a women's health physio clinic and a podiatry clinic as well. Oh, um, yeah. Cool. So we have podiatry too. People don't always I know, didn't that. know that. Yeah. I did because I'm very interested in that aspect as well. In <laughs> your feet? Yeah, because I'm all kinds of jacked up from my feet right up to the tip of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, like the feet, the hips and all of that, my gait is all jacked up from pregnancy and like oh. pelvic instability. It's all out of whack. So There you go. It's all linked. It's yes. All I'm coming in for a full body workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get me sorted. Shannon's coming in for a full body makeover. Yeah. So <laughs> what can help with that? <laughs> we'll do like one of those stories that they do like on those Hollywood programs where I just come in and I'll, I'm all jacked up and then I'll come out walking beautiful and running. <laughs> yeah. Babies Jin's to... Like, Jin's like, oh, God, shut no. up, Shan. No, bunions to babies, we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> anyway, back to the point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a women's health and musculoskeletal physio. Um, so predominantly see women that are in the prenatal stage um, with all sorts of issues during pregnancy. But then postnatal is a big population that we see as well. Um, we also see yeah, young girls and older ladies as well with any women's health issues. So mm. a whole range of conditions. So pelvic pain is another big area that we see um, mm. and incontinence, prolapse, um, yeah, prenatal, postnatal, but then just general aches and pains as well for um, any physio needs. And yeah. what made you get into women's health? Like what sparked that interest? Yeah, it's interesting. I'd been um, a musculoskeletal and sports physio for eight years prior to getting the interest of women's health. Yeah. Um, there's a few, yeah, probably two reasons why I got into it. I have endometriosis, adenomyosis and PCOS. So mm. that side of me personally experiencing those pelvic pain conditions mm-hmm. um, and just wanting to know more about it, that was one reason. Um, and then the other reason was just the physio work that I was doing. So people were coming in with like back pain or hip pain and the pelvic floor just being that element that we weren't addressing properly because we just didn't know, you know internally what was going on. Amen. Um, yeah. I'm like nodding here like, yes, sister. So louder. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it's so nice to have a space that is for women and to have these conditions understood and to have like a space for women to go and feel safe. Mm. And it's 
beautiful and comfortable and not at all intimidating. Yeah, it's great. I think the clinic here that we've got now, we tried to make it like that, really friendly and non-clinical. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't look sterile and and white like a medical centre tends to be. Because um, a lot of the conditions people come in for, it's it's difficult to talk about these things and hard for people just to make that appointment. So yeah, we want to make them feel comfortable the whole way through. Um, and I think there's a lack of understanding in the community, especially postpartum community, about when do you see a women's health physio and what do role do they play? To? Yeah, or yeah. if you do, yeah, exactly. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, well. They just normalise. We just we normalise mm. away our problems, don't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think with um, pelvic floor related to pregnancy and postpartum, mm. a lot of people think it is just postpartum that we see and assess the pelvic floor, but mm. we also see people pregnant to assess their pelvic floor. So it's important to know for birth, um, yeah, how the pelvic floor is coping with the pregnancy and. Is the person able to have a vaginal delivery without having any complications or issues mm. um, that we see with like an overactive pelvic floor? Oh, um, fascinating. So, yeah, so it is safe um, if there aren't any contraindications from the pregnancy um, to do a pelvic floor assessment during the pregnancy, just not in the first trimester. Um, and then we get a baseline of knowing where they are now and then potentially at the end of pregnancy and then postpartum we can see how it's recovering um, so yeah, usually uh, during the pregnancy, if people aren't having any issues, I tend to see people at around 20 weeks to get an idea of what their pelvic floor is doing, but then pre-birth to see if the pelvic floor is preparing well for birth. We usually do that assessment from 36 weeks onwards to know, okay, well, is it relaxing and is it getting ready to prepare for the vaginal delivery? Yeah. Um, and then postpartum can vary, but usually it is six weeks that we see people um, in the clinic for a postpartum assessment. Some people come in sooner if they're having any issues, um, but usually it's that time that people go and see the GP or their specialist. So, and we always advise keeping those other appointments as well because they're quite different to what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some people will only see a GP and that's fine, but they don't always have time to do the physical assessments that we do. So keeping both appointments is yeah is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't pay enough um, attention or like give enough respect to the fact that labour and birth is such a physical effort on your body that you do need assessment. And a lot of the time you do need a lot of help afterwards to gain back what you did lose or any trauma that your body may have gone through during birth and pregnancy and that sometimes your GP may not be enough and that it isn't just a normal thing that you're experiencing just because your friend down your street or your aunt Mary also suffered from that that we don't just have to accept these things and there is people out there that can also help. Yes, exactly. Yep. It's all too often we hear people that'll come in and say they've got incontinence or Mm. prolapse symptoms and have just been told it's part of having a baby. Mm. Um, And yes, it's very common, um, but it's not normal and it can be treated and addressed. Yeah, the earlier the better, Um, but it's never too late either. So we do see people at any time postpartum to address these things. Um, but that's right, like having a baby, it, you take nine months preparing your body for this, um, essentially going through a marathon to birth the baby mm-hmm. and we don't just yet yeah, recover and go back to normal straight away. It takes mm. a long time and longer than people think it does, yeah. But there's this massive push for us to get back out there and just 
soldier on quicker than probably we ever have. Like we're expected to get back and exercise at six weeks or expected to go back to work and do everything and live our life like we had been, like we almost just haven't had a baby and we haven't gone through these experiences. Um, Yeah, we're like almost kind of sold this lie that it is just this normal experience, which it is for like a lot of people, but we still do need a lot of assistance sometimes to get back to our baseline normal. Exactly. Yeah. And it's an evolving process. I think people hear that six week term and they come to us sometimes at that time and think, how come I'm not back running, Mm. jumping, doing all these things (laughs) or these things are harder to do now. And your body takes time, like really it takes over 12 months for your body to be starting to get back to some sort of normality. Mm -hmm. Um, The six (laughs) weeks is just that initial time frame where the tissue healing has just started to happen. But yeah. If someone's had a vaginal delivery with tearing or an episiotomy, muscles, they take at least 12 weeks to heal. So the mm. six, week, six weeks is just the starting of that process. Yeah. Um, the same with the caesarean delivery, that those muscles and all the layers that are cut through with the caesarean take months and months to heal, but it doesn't mean you can't go from doing nothing yet to, to doing everything at that time. It's a gradual build-up of exercise mm. as well. So on that, can I ask, would you encourage people who've had a caesarean and both a vaginal birth to come and see you? Like, is there benefit if you've had a caesarean? Yes, great question. Yeah, so um, again, a common thing we hear is that, oh, I don't need to do pelvic floor exercises or have it assessed because I had a caesarean delivery. So common. Mm. So common. Um, and yes, you definitely need to come in as well. So you may not have delivered through the pelvic floor and stretched that area, but you've still carried a baby for nine months. And mm. particularly if, you had, if you've had a big baby as well, your pelvic floor has been working hard Um, And it's not always that, yeah, with either delivery type, it's not always that the pelvic floor becomes weaker either. Sometimes we see it goes the other way where it can actually become too tight and too overactive and that can cause a whole heap of issues as well. But yes, both forms of delivery, um, it's advised that you see a women's health physio um, postpartum. Wow. And so what are some of the symptoms people come in with? Yeah, so really varied. Um, So... Incontinence can be, yeah, one of the common ones that we see. Um, So we're always asking and flagging for that to see, well, are people going to the toilet properly? Like, are they getting the urge to urinate properly? Um, Are they able to hold that urge if they need to go? Um, Coughing and sneezing, are they getting bladder leakage then? But also their bowels. So pelvic floor um, and the pelvis involves us assessing the bladder function, but also the bowel function and how that's working. So things like constipation, diarrhea, um, faecal incontinence is also a big one that we assess and screen for. Um, Pain can be another one. So they might be getting musculoskeletal pain somewhere. Um, But if someone has had tearing into the perineum or an an episiotomy, then that area might still be painful as well. Um, And just assessing what those tissues are doing and how they're healing because they can, again, become quite tight after um, those sutures have healed as well and that can present um, other issues that we see too. Um, and then prolapse would be the other thing. So um, not that someone may be getting symptoms of prolapse, but, um, yeah, just flagging for if that may happen at all. Um, but, yeah, a, a symptom of that would be vaginal heaviness and dragging that we see mm-hmm. um, that can happen. Yeah. 
So as always, listeners, uh, Shannon and I have had our experiences <laughs> regarding our pelvic floors. Absolutely. So as you're saying, dragging vagina, um, <laughs> I'm just thinking back to my own. I remember your birth story and you saying you felt like you were dragging your vagina around for weeks. Yes, yes. And I was like, is this normal? I don't know. I suppose I just had a baby, but this feels like a real heaviness sensation mm. in my vagina for a while. Two weeks, I would say. And then it got better. Like I couldn't go, I couldn't really walk very far because it was just uncomfortable. It was just really strange. Mm. And then I just thought, oh, well, two weeks, that's better now. Won't bother. But I did, I did go and see a pelvic, floor, a women's health physio. In the States. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I should probably just get that checked and make sure it's all good. Um, she told me I had a, bladder prolapse, <laughs> a mild bladder prolapse. And um, I don't know. I was just like, she gave me all the exercises to do, but I didn't do any of them. Just because you were time poor? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find the motivation to do it. Yeah, right. Okay. And, you know. I was, and where are you sitting with that now? I'm sitting with, um, if I go to the bounce. <laughs> You don't have to answer this so question. Two and, two and a half years later, um, I didn't do my exercises as prescribed. And um, yes, the other day I took my son to the trampoline centre and I was bouncing and I, I definitely <laughs> uh, was leaking. <laughs> so for somebody like Jin, who's now like two and a half years down the track, mm. is there hope? Can Jin yes, get definitely. it back? Can yeah. Jin get her pelvic floor back? Can she go to bounce and not leak? Yeah. Yes, she can. Yeah, she just <laughs> has to do her exercises. Well, that's it. But finding the exercises that are right for you as well. So sometimes we find adherence can be an issue with pelvic floor exercises because mm. they're not exciting. They're not mm. fun usually. So there's a few newer devices out there that we sometimes prescribe and use that um, make it a bit more enjoyable to do the exercises. Um, or there are other ways we can we can get around doing them without. Yeah, the mundane pelvic floor squeezes and Kegel type exercises. Yeah, can I just talk to you about these devices? Because as always, we are inundated with social media throwing stuff at us. Like you need to buy this and this will solve all your problems. Devices. Do I'm thinking vibrators. Well, they are. They <laughs> also apparently will solve a lot I'm of your like, problems. That sounds enjoyable. But no, but there's like a lot of things out there to solve your pelvic floor. The egg. Thing. Do we not recommend these for people just to do on their own? You should definitely go and see somebody before we just buy a device because someone on Instagram told us to. Exactly. And because you can play yes. a game and squeeze an egg and something goes up. Don't do it. Yeah, be assessed first because you don't know, yeah, unless you've had your pelvic floor assessed and know what you need to work on. Mm. Um, comes back to that conversation about an overactive pelvic floor. So a lot of these devices work on contracting and strengthening the pelvic floor if someone has an overactive pelvic floor well that's going to make their symptoms worse or bring about new symptoms like pain um, so you need to have it prescribed so yeah there are some great devices that are really helpful but it needs to be yeah prescribed for you and what you individually need to work on so how long would you think it would take on average I know everyone's different but like say but just on average, someone's having a little bit of like light leakage. How long would you expect on average would it take for somebody to get back a little bit of, not a little bit, of control of their bladder? To be able to do normal activities, to go jump on the trampoline, to dance, to do all the things that you would want to do as a parent or just as a person. Mm. How long would you expect that to kind of take for somebody 
Yeah, so again, varies, lots of different factors that mm. play into it. But um, within three months, we would want to see that that has improved quite mm. significantly. So muscles take at least six weeks to adapt to a new exercise program that we place them under. Um, and that's where pelvic floor exercises, again, need to be prescribed particularly because just doing a pelvic floor squeeze when you're at the traffic lights or when you're yeah, breastfeeding. Which you're all told to do. My yeah. mum just told me to do it like yesterday. <laughs> She's like, do you squeezes at the traffic lights? And I'm like, I'm not going to Yeah, I'm not going to remember that. Because a lot of the time, like, we're told to squeeze, but because I'm assuming, like, you assess that you're squeezing the right area, right? Yeah, that's right. And we need to work the muscles to a point that they fatigue. So it's like going to the gym. When you do an exercise program, you mm. will take the muscle that you're working to a point of fatigue, and that's how it gets stronger. Mm. Whereas doing just pelvic floor squeezes at the traffic lights for 30 seconds and actually not fatiguing the muscle, it's like just bending your arm up and down all yeah, day. It's not actually going to get mm. a stronger bicep. Um, but, yes, there are, there's a number of different pelvic floor muscles it's not just one muscle that sits at the base of the pelvis yeah so we need to go through um, education with you about that so you understand yeah why we're doing this um, but also how to squeeze the different parts so there's two main layers of the pelvic floor um, the superficial pelvic floor on the outside of the pelvis around the labia and the entrances um, but then the deep pelvic floor and both layers contract differently so yeah. knowing how to do that properly um, is so important because you can be doing it incorrectly and that can then cause issues down we the track. We are so uneducated about so our uneducated. Own bodies, aren't we? Like, I didn't even expect, Shannon, when I went to the pelvic floor, this is so naive, I didn't expect an internal exam mm. and I didn't expect them to be as thorough and like teach me what muscles need strengthening where and like it was such an educational experience. Well, that was going to be my next question is like what would a person expect to come to you? Because I think that is a lot of the fears. People don't come to get assessed because they're scared of what they're going Mm. to be exposed to or what they're going to have to do because it is quite confronting. You are quite vulnerable in these positions. Mm. But in order to gain back a little bit of control for ourselves, we do need to obviously put ourselves in these vulnerable positions, obviously in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. It has to 100% be safe and with a trained professional that's trained to do these things. Mm. Um, and internal exams, yeah, can be part of our assessments, but they're not always. So it's really dependent on the person and mm. on their history, um, whether that's with the birth history, but also past history as well. Um, so normally when someone comes in to see me, um, we'll sit down. Um, it's an hour an appointment. So we will usually talk for at least 30 minutes of that time. Um, if it's a postpartum assessment, then it'll be going through everything. It'll be talking about the pregnancy and then about the birth and how that went um, and then how they're recovering now. And then we would go through some education and that may include, yep, the pelvic floor, um, which would just be talking. And then we can go through the next part of the physical assessment, which can involve um, an external and internal assessment of the pelvic floor. Yeah, and obviously people can decline if they're not comfortable and that's yes. not something that they, they're willing to do at that time. 100%, yeah. All of it is, yeah, is optional. None mm. of it um, is, um, yeah, required. Um, and, and it wasn't uncomfortable for the record. No. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, no, good. It yeah. was fine. Yeah. yeah. I just was like, oh, yeah, of course. That makes sense. Like, I understand. I just didn't expect it when I went and I wouldn't, yeah. And you're not alone. I think a lot, yeah, even people coming in with saying continents, yeah, mm. when we discuss that that may be something we can do, again, they don't always expect it. And it's not always something we, we do. There's a lot we can get from the outside without undressing, but um, 
that external assessment of the pelvic floor and then internal does give us much more of the picture, but mm. none none of it is compulsory. Yeah. yeah. So if I do nothing, Lauren, what am I looking at here? A lifetime of wedding myself? Is it going to get worse? Mm. Uh, potentially, but not always. Yeah, it depends what what you're going to be doing with your life. So if you're doing lots of high-impact exercise, um, running, heavy weights, things like that, that is putting more pressure through your pelvic floor and that is a risk that that may cause uh, more bladder leakage down the track. Mm. Um, Genetics is another one. So that can be a big factor that we see people can present to us with incontinence or prolapse even without having a baby and that Mm. can be the genetic link that we see. Um, so they are more predisposed to developing these things and it worsening over time. Um, so no, not necessarily, unless you're going to, to bounce every week, <laughs> doing lots of jumping. And if Jin were to have another baby, is it likely to get worse or? Yeah, good question. Um, again, lots of factors. So size of the baby is a big one. The type of delivery is another one. How many babies you've had before are other factors. Um, any intervention that's used with the vaginal delivery, they're all risk factors that we mm, see. Fascinating. Um, in terms of, it really is. In terms of prolapse, um, we know that the risk or and tearing as well is higher in the first delivery compared to subsequent deliveries. Mm. So it doesn't mm. necessarily get worse the more babies you have. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. Yeah, know. so there's lots of no. lots of factors. I think a lot of people, they present to us and think, I've got it now, it is just going to get worse. And not necessarily. Some people can just plateau and it will just stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it depends what you want to get back to doing. If it is running, jumping, those sorts of things, then working on those weaknesses will help you get back to that. So what I'm hearing, this is a really essential part of our postpartum experience mm-hmm. that we should add in because I feel like, the midwife said that to me too when I had my son. They were like, yeah, I feel like everyone should see a women's health physio after birth. Yeah, absolutely. But Wouldn't we're that told be ideal? that like after we give birth. I mean, I give the spiel as well to women after they give birth, but mm. they've literally just had the baby and I've seen them for a short period of time in hospital and then they go and that's the last thing that they remember me telling them. Yeah, that you want to – we just don't focus on ourselves enough, Absolutely not. I mean, I saw physios after both of my deliveries – um, because I had quite difficult pregnancies and deliveries. Um, and I hopped back on the exercise train really quickly and failed miserably at it because I pushed myself too fast, too quickly, because I was sold the dream that I would get back to exercise at six weeks. I'd be able to run knowing full well, I was not going to be able to run, but I tried and failed. But, um, I knew to go see a physio, Mm -hmm. but like I, I'm very well versed in healthcare and I'm a midwife and I know the way that the body works. So I knew that that was something that I needed, but general public aren't as well versed as I am, I guess. No, but how did you know that you had to go back, that you failed? What do you mean? You started running? My body, just my gait had changed with my pelvis. So my running technique was just completely different. My, I lost a lot of muscle tone. Um, I was suffering a lot of pelvic pain because I had an overactive um, pelvic floor. So it just the way that I could exercise was completely different to how I could exercise previous to having my children. So I tried to go back to how I was exercising pre-babies um, and it just was not right for how my body could move after babies. So how does this overactive pelvic floor show up? Mm, so it usually presents as pain. That's usually the classic ah, thing that we lots see. Lots of pain. And yeah. like uh, TMI, mum, close your ears. Um, pain 
during intercourse. Lots of painful sex, which I think is quite common as well, postpartum. Mm, is yes. A lot of women yep. complain of painful intercourse and, oh, it's just because I'm breastfeeding because we need extra lubrication or whatever it is, hormones, or, yeah, it's just postpartum. It'll get better. And it doesn't and we put up with it and it just becomes like... No one wants to have painful sex. No. No, so it should never be painful, um, even when we're younger, so not necessarily during or after pregnancy, but um, I think the statistic is 28% of people will experience painful intercourse at some point in their life. Mm. Um, But the postpartum population and the menopausal population, it's higher. Um, And there are lots of factors, like even that the hormone thing, the breastfeeding thing, a lot of people don't know that. So, again, they present to us, um, they sort of would ask us, you know, is it safe to have intercourse now? And usually from that six-week point onwards it is because the muscles have generally healed um, better. doesn't mean that it's going to feel okay at that point. Mm. Um, But we do see that, yes, those that are breastfeeding, it occurs much more often, the pain with intercourse, because of that low estrogen that we see, Mm. um, which is very similar to someone that's going through menopause. So while you're breastfeeding, your estrogen is very low to allow you to produce the milk. um, And oestrogen has lots of roles in the body but one role it has is to lubricate the vagina so if there's less of that oestrogen it is much drier through there um, and that causes friction and causes pain mm. um, so it's not just the case of oh relax or have a glass of wine which is so mm. which is the advice that everyone you just need a glass of wine and a date night and your sex life will be fine and it's not that simple and it's quite an embarrassing topic for people to talk about is that Sex is painful. So a lot of, again, we just shut up and deal with it. And it's like, it's not something that we should have to just deal with. Like, it should be enjoyable. We should be able to have sex with our partner and just enjoy it. Exactly. And not suffer through it. Exactly. And so there's lots of help. And again, pelvic floor physio plays a big role in that. And um, yes, lubrication is one part, but um, working on the pelvic floor muscles, they uh, potentially are very overactive and tight. And there's lots of work we can do internally and externally to get those muscles to let go. but yes, it's not um, it's not normal, even though it is very common in the postpartum population. Um, but the main thing for listeners to know is to get help as soon as you are experiencing that, because as soon as we start treating it um, and working on your nervous system that's linked with all of the muscles mm. as well, um, the quicker it will start to feel better. Um, yeah, so I think that's another thing as we see people years postpartum that come in and have been getting this pain for a long time and... Um, yeah, it's you'll see the results quicker, obviously, if we treat it sooner. And that's oh. the thing with pelvic pain, because um, I'm a sufferer from it as well, is it does often take years before you seek help or you can get somebody that will take you seriously for your pain. So often by the time that you do get help for it, you are in a lot of pain and it's kind of like you've taken it too far. So you've got to try and really pull back to get to a yes. point like that you're comfortable again. Yep. So it's almost you've... Yeah, it's is a it lot constant, of constant, or is it just with exercise or oh, well, with like sex? What the pelvic pain. pain? Yeah, um, like I for me personally, yeah, like I have a level of discomfort all the time, and other times mm. it's worse. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so for conditions like yeah, endometriosis, um, yeah, it takes on average seven to twelve years to achieve a diagnosis mm. for that. So people are wow. suffering um, with this pelvic pain, which can include pain with intercourse, but it can be. Yeah, pelvic pain all the time or at ovulation or with their period um that yes it can be a long time before people are getting listened to and getting those treatment options um and then you add you had a baby and they're like oh, it's 
because you've had a baby. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just well, thinking if the situation was reversed, if someone was doing this to men. Oh, yeah. that's right. We'd have a oh. treatment. Oh, We'd have a whole bloody university dedicated to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. 100%. would not. Yeah. Women's health is down the toilet. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're Jeez. low on the run here. I know. Goodness. <laughs> Just uh, back on the overactive pelvic floor mm, yes. stuff. So, yeah, pain with intercourse is a big one, mm. um, which can be pain on entry that we see, but also deep penetration as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also occur with people that are getting yeah, pap smears or vaginal exams, so those mm. usually are painful as well. Mm. Yeah, um, Pain with using tampons is another big one. Mm. Um, but then bladder and bowel issues we see too. So it can cause um, urinary urgency, but also um, a difficulty, difficulty to urinate urinate so people feeling like they've got a push to get the wee out tends Mm. to happen because those muscles aren't relaxing Mm. Um, and constipation is another one that we see linked with overactive pelvic floor. That's just fascinating isn't it? (laughs) Jin's mind is like blown (laughs) by all of these revelations. Well I'm just thinking what about menstrual products too because you know you just mentioned tampons so what about like cups and things and using those again after you've had a baby when can you start using those again? Mm. When can you start using well, nothing tampons in the again? vagina for six weeks? Yeah, but after that, can you just start? So once you've had, once that, I got my period back right away, like six weeks. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm a fertile myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> my body was ready to go. Yeah. Wow. Like clockwork. Wow. Yeah. I'm stunned. And I was exclusively. I'm so infertile that I'm just like, what do you mean? I was exclusively breastfeeding. What? Without dropping any feeds, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Holy moly. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, usually from that six-week mark. So um, this is why I had trouble. I couldn't get my cup. I couldn't use my cup, which is what I would previously used. because uh, I couldn't hold it in. Fall out. It'd fall out. Okay, yeah. So that can be the issue too. So, again, strengthening the pelvic floor, mm. getting that assessment. Yeah, nothing to hold um, it in. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, yeah, using like bigger tampons, so like super tampons instead of Regular ones can it'll be easier for the pelvic floor to hold it in, um, but in terms of like infection risk and stuff, so yeah, it's usually from that six week mark onwards. Yeah, you can, can start doing in. that. Um, but again, the overactive pelvic floor people cups will be quite hard to insert and sometimes mm. to remove because those muscles are just so tight. On. Mm, yeah. I have a lot of trouble. Is it with this tampons? Yeah, like I was getting say. them out. It's it just really clenches on. Wow. Well, that's what could be a really good indicator for people to know. Mm. Well, this is the thing is like a lot of things like we just don't discuss these things. Like you would never go to your friend and be like, oh, you know what? I just, I can't get my tampon out. Like it just hurts when I get my tampon out. Like Mm. you don't sit at a cafe being like talking about that, do you? No. Yeah. I mean, we would. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) we definitely would, but a lot of people out there wouldn't. So this is why these conversations are really important because I feel like women's health, we... A lot of it's just hidden. We talk about it, if we do, in the dark or not at all, really. That's right. And I think people, yeah, just get told that, well, periods are meant to be painful. Using tampons Mm. are meant to be painful. Mm. Intercourse, you know, the first time you have it's meant to be painful. Mm -hmm. None of those things should be painful. But why should they be painful? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Makes no sense. No, not at all. Well, wow, that's awesome. I'm glad we cleared that up. I'm feeling a liberation in the air. Yeah, so so what about returning to exercise? Can we talk about that? Because Shannon and I were trying to, well, I was trying to remember when I returned to exercise after I had my child and I can't remember. 
<laughs> so yeah, and I already said that I overachieved and tried to go back too soon, and now I think I'm only kind of ready now. And the boys have just turned two, and with my daughter, I was 18 months before I got back to running like I used to be able to run, and then I fell pregnant and was way too sick, and that stopped immediately. But yeah, it took me 18 months before I was back to my pre. And I say back to my pre, but it was not back to my pre. It was just I was able to run again and I had to still do it. It was still different, but I was back to being able to run. I do. I did reformer Pilates because that's my favourite form of exercise, mm-hmm. which, um, Lauren, you have many studios. You have a, how many studios? You have we one? have one Pilates studio. Yep. Oh, my God. It's in Geelong West. It's awesome. Gorgeous. That's where we went. Um, but, yeah, that's what I that's my exercise of choice and was before having a baby. But it's also the one that I found the best for my pelvic floor, like mm. in terms of getting the strength back, doing those bridges. Yeah, so that low-impact exercise initially is, yeah, definitely what we suggest doing. So it's a, um, it's a progressive thing returning to exercise. So you don't just go through this nine months of growing and supporting a baby in your body um, and then birthing the baby and just back to running a marathon. Like mm. It takes time and it takes that rehabilitation, which I think, again, is not something that a lot of people know in Australia. Um, whereas if you were to go and have like a knee or hip replacement, mm. it's, it's routine that you go to the physio afterwards. Right. right. Um, so we're still we're just, a bit behind in yeah. that regard. Yeah. And like for me, I um, was on bed rest with the twins for well, from 20 weeks mm-hmm. um, and had pelvic instability. So like I was so far behind. My I lost all my muscle tone um, Yeah, and the pelvic instability. I was told that once the babies were out, like I was going to be good to go. I was not... I, my pelvis was shot for months and months and months. It took the longest time for me to, for that to feel like I was, again, had some sort of strength and stability back in that. Yeah, 100%. Because you've had that length of time, yeah, being inactive because of that too. Like, yeah, it just, it takes I think like there's just this whole story around being pregnant. Like once the babies are out, like you wait this six week period and everything just, Mm. you're good to go. Yeah. And it's just not the case. And the changes that your body does go through, like, yes, returning back to running, like I did have to change the way that I ran Yes. to, yeah, almost I had to relearn. That's it. And, yeah, there's so many changes that we see postpartum that continue for a long time postpartum. So um, even just thing like things like breastfeeding, like, well, what sports bra are you going to wear? So yes. that's, that's a whole other yeah, oh element gosh, of things too. Oh, my gosh, sports bras and breastfeeding. Holy moly. I'm yeah. still wearing my pregnancy bras. I've actually got my sports bra on. I don't even my breastfeeding have sports bra. bra now. <laughs> I don't even have a sports bra. Breastfeeding. Like a couple of months ago. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all of those changes. Um, yeah, which just, it's not as simple as baby's out, you know, at six weeks you're back to running. And unfortunately people do get co- told by some um, doctors that um, even without a physical assessment that, I oh, know you're not getting any symptoms, you're okay to go back to doing what you were doing beforehand. And yeah. for some people that might be marathon running or doing mm-hmm. high intensity mm-hmm. exercise. And yes, they definitely will be able to do that, but it, it's At a gradual reintroduction to it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so many factors. So 
the whole body so from the feet all the way up so mm. feet can change as well and oh my so gosh, yes. shoes and footwear and yes my feet are bigger what is mm. why what is this what is yeah. going on <laughs> i've one foot bigger than the other and yeah, i, I definitely too. went up a shoe size <laughs> it does happen yeah for a few reasons um so it's to do with that relaxing hormone during pregnancy which makes all our ligaments stretchy stretchy mm. and flexible we have lots of ligaments in our feet so they they flatten your feet will flatten during pregnancy which makes them longer um and so we see in the weight of the baby as well so we see that that yes most people go up half a size um so if they're not changing shoes and then going running in a smaller pair of shoes well that yeah. can cause all sorts of other issues too oh i need um, to come in i told you we're going in for f- we're going onions for f- to babies yeah we're going in for a full body <laughs> <laughs> A new appointment type when yes, you make. Yes, yes. <laughs> you should. So that would be so funny. The gin and shan special. Yeah, our, our code, our special code is bunions to babies. Um, but back when we went to go and do reform, reform Pilates, one of the important conversations we had was around look, is if it's past six weeks, if you're nine months, two years, three years, six three years. years, you haven't missed the boat, you can still go back to the postpartum. Yes. Classes yep. and the exercises. Like postpartum that, doesn't end because you're eight weeks a yeah. year. Like you yeah. can exactly. still go back to yeah. postpartum. Yeah. Because so those changes still need to happen. We still need to rein those exactly. body back in. Exactly. Start. And once you've had a baby, you're always postpartum. Right. So it's not something that you just transition through and, and get out of. And it's yeah. never... It's never too late to do these assessments that we do in the clinic, but also those yeah those postpartum classes that are run. Like generally, they are at a lower impact. Which if you're just getting back into exercise or adding a new exercise regime in at some point, then yeah, that slow and steady is the key instead of hard and fast straight away. Yeah. So if you're like me, we'll be going to the postpartum <laughs> classes. Come join us two years down the track. Two and a half years down the track. Yes, absolutely. Um, what do you? So you have like small classes with your um, Pilates. Um, what, do you, what are the benefits for our mm. listeners out there? Yeah, so we run um, a physio-led Pilates studio called Physiopod Flow and Ali that you met is our instructor mm. there. Oh, she's so amazing. She's gorgeous. She's yep. great. Um, she's also a women's health physio. So I, that's the difference is that it's um, it's physio-led but it's women's health physio-led which mm. is different again. So that knowledge of the pelvic floor and knowledge of pregnancy and postpartum um, is there. Um, the difference between physio-led and just general Pilates is that individualization of the classes. So um, we have to assess you beforehand. So a physio in the clinic needs to assess you to know where you're at and what we need to work on. And then the program you do in the studio is individual to that. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the bigger Pilates classes around, they tend not to be individualized because they have more people in them. And yeah, if you're in that early stage of postpartum or you've had an injury, um, yeah, that's not always the safest option to start with. It might be something you work towards, but mm. initially that um, individual... You'll end up like me in some sort of state, not being able to exercise at all because you've gone too hard too fast. Yes, that and can happen. have yeah. done your exercises correctly. Yes, Because that's exactly. one of the things that we found is that it was the correction when we were doing mm. the exercises and being mm. able to come up to us and give us a tailored exercise like okay I'm you're finding that hard so let's try and Mm, do it this way or you're finding that a bit too easy let's try it this way and just being able to um yeah give us kind of like a tailored Mm. exercise to meet the needs of our bodies basically yes definitely yeah 
And I think that's the difference. Yeah, with the bigger classes, they might give you some variations of the exercise, but it's that tactile feedback and someone just visually looking at you for that time to know, okay, you're, you're doing it slightly differently here. Mm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely that's, that's the difference and the benefit as well for people. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we had got such benefit from going, didn't we? Was like, yeah, I mean, I love it anyway and I just loved it even more. So now I have to go and get my feet checked as well. Yes. Yeah. Just realised that I've already got flat feet so there wasn't much foot flatter they could get. So <laughs> you're <laughs> duck. you've got duck feet. Oh, my God, my dad does have duck feet. No. <laughs> <laughs> he waddles like a duck. He has like the out to turn feet. Well, I actually have the bunion too, so I'm really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're in a state. I am. You've got to get your pelvic floor, your yes. flat feet, and your bunion sorted. Well, I didn't know they and were connected. And then hop on over so to do some Pilates and you'll mm. be sorted. That's what I'm feeling. My private health insurance is not going to know what hit him. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, like our biggest takeaway from today's podcast is that it's never too late to start um, your postpartum journey back to phys, um, to fitness, um, that we should definitely get our pelvic floors checked, that they can be overactive as well as um, suffering from overactive. Relaxed. Yeah, relaxed. Too relaxed. Yeah, underactive. Underactive. Yeah. But it's never too late to get that checked either. Absolutely not. And your sex shouldn't be painful. No. It should be enjoyable, we hope. So if, it's, if that's causing you issues, get it checked out. And it's not intimidating to go to a women's health physio. No, I just think it's just, just not enough. People don't know enough about it. Mm. I think people just think of oh, physio back problems. that We don't realise how much our pelvic floor needs the support. That's it. And it's not, again, just postpartum. Like people might have back pain. Yeah. Well, there might be a man. Like pel- men have pelvic floors yes, as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't tell my men. husband's pelvic floor story no, on this I podcast. Feel like but men have pelvic floors, let me tell you. <laughs> Like a bit tight, no. <laughs> I so wanna I so wanna tell it, but I won't. Not without his consent. Good call, good wife call. I know, I'm a good wife. <laughs> but anyway, yes, women's health physios, not just for postpartum, but just in general. Get your pelvic floors and anything else to do with your body checked out. Don't be intimidated. Don't be embarrassed. Get it seen to as soon as possible. Lauren would love to see you. I would. Yes. And my team. Yes. And your team. And it's a gorgeous space. If for no other reason, just go and check it out because it's beautiful. <laughs> so where is your your clinic located? So we are in Nicholas Street in Newtown in Geelong. So just off Shannon Avenue, um, just down from Noble Street. So the next Fantastic. street down. Um, and then the studio is not far from there. So yeah, in Geelong West. Um, and yeah, just one other point I'll mention is just yes. on social media. So yeah, we talk about that pre-baby body that oh you know, we're God. told to get back. Yes. But um, also don't go off what you see on Instagram. It's mm. obviously the highlight reel of everyone and everyone's recovery is so different. I think it's easy to compare yourself to someone else that, mm-hmm. that may have had a baby at the same time, but um, their recovery is going to look really different to yours. So yeah, don't go off what you see them as, oh, I haven't achieved because I don't look like them or I'm mm. not doing what they're doing. Mm. Um, everyone's, yeah, recovery is And we don't different. know what they've got going on in the background. Exactly. They yeah. could be leaking at bounds and you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Or they could be having painful sex. Yeah. Or they could have a team of six physios 
10 myotherapists, <laughs> a chef, a babysitter and all of that behind them and they could have clips at the back of their neck, back and bum just pulling them in, making them look tight. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just lighting and clips. Lighting and clips, <laughs> and that's it? <laughs> I don't know. I'll try it later. I'll post a video of me with my washing clips on my neck and see if my, my face looks thinner. <laughs> <laughs> Should we end the podcast there? <laughs> Tape your neck. Have <laughs> you not seen that when people like no. pull their faces back to look thinner? No, that's hilarious. Uh, I'll I didn't send know you a photo of it later. Thing. Yeah, please do. <laughs> yeah, don't don't cave to the comparison game. It doesn't serve you well. Mm-mm. Or your pelvic floor. No. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, Lauren, where can people find you if they want to come and visit you for an appointment? Yeah, so they can get all the information off our website. So it's physiopod.co. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, so at physiopodco. Um, But, yeah, the address of the clinic's 95 Nicholas Street in Newtown. Um, Or you can send me an email at lauren at physiopod.co. And we will link all the socials on our socials. We will pop up the video of Jin and I doing the Pilates. Yeah, so you can all see that. And we'll put everything in the show notes that Lauren's just said as well. So you can find them easily. Uh, Send us in any questions if you have any. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed, please like and review the podcast. And share it with a mate or a random. That's okay. And if you didn't enjoy it, well, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not though. Please like it. (laughs) All information shared on this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration individual circumstances. Consult a medical professional if you have any concerns regarding your personal situation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the Wathaurong people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We celebrate their connections to the land, sea and community and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people listening today.